Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Welcome to the podcast. told you we wouldn't be that long hey it's like not it's like it's been nothing it, it has been nothing yeah so we're we like we said last episode we're only doing one thing per episode this time yep um and we're gonna you know so we can take it slow we can relax luxuriate in the experience we just had yeah and also so these episodes don't come out a year from now exactly that also because we just forgot lots of things about the other games. oh yeah but this game is fresh. Oh, yes. We just beat it today. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. So good. We played it for um, Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. On the Super Nintendo. On the Super Nintendo. On an original cartridge. We did it. We did it. Um, Probably it was 10 hours or so. Yeah, it took us about 10 hours. Not bad. Not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a good time. Yeah, me too. It was, it was pretty good. So, like, overall, I'd say... Um, it was easy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, the history of this game, if you look into it, this was made be- like kind of for the West, but it, it was released in, in Japan as well. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to make it easier, um, easier than most Final Fantasy games, like for the, the Western audience, because they thought like North Americans, they're not as smart, you know, they got a like, dumb game. They got them. They, yeah, they got, got us. So they made an easier game, and it, it is a very easy it game. But very it's not easy. It's not unfun. Yeah, to play. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I would say, like in a simple way to say it, like it was just like kind of press A the game. Yeah, like it was a lot of just like hitting A and just like attacking mm-hmm. over and over. But that doesn't mean it's bad. No, like it's still very fun and like engaging. Yeah, and we did like die a couple times also. Yeah. Um but it was it had like an instant like comeback system mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, you can just restart the fight. Yeah. Which was also cool. I like that cuz in other Final Fantasy games, I remember we have like lost a ton of progress before by like dying at a boss and then having to go through the whole dungeon again. Yeah, and that gets really annoying. Yeah. Um but so as far as the story goes for this game, you are it starts like in right the res, like there's like an earthquake happening or something. Yeah, you are an unnamed adventurer. I think the wiki calls him Benjamin. Oh yeah, um, but like you're just there, just chilling, I guess, on a mm-hmm. mountain. And some guy named White shows up, and he's like a magical man. He's like, there's a prophecy about a dark lord. He's trying to take over the world, and uh, you got to save the crystals, my man. The four crystals. Yeah. And that's what you do. You do it. You go around the world with different party members will join you. You have like a party of two 
mm-hmm. um, and you just fight. Which is, I would say, that's unique. That's the first kind of yeah first like, first two party uh, or two party member system that we've like done. Which I yeah. thought they did it really well, honestly. Oh, I feel yeah. like I feel like if this game had four party members, it would be way overpowered. Yeah, like and it was cool too because it starts. You can manually control your party member but we stuck with the default is like they just auto do whatever they mm-hmm. want which was cool um it made it, it made it easy breezy yeah and and I, I felt like it made it seem like we were our character more yeah like we didn't have control over our buddy yeah it was more benjamin's story rather than like a whole cast of people yeah um but yeah you you there's like a tower called the focus tower which is like a like a central tower in this world you have to use coins to unlock mm-hmm. different parts of the tower, which you get from like defeating these people who are these like bosses who are taking over the crystals. Mm-hmm. You know, you save the crystals, you get through the tower, you fight the Dark Lord. Classic Final Fantasy stuff. One thing uh, that I would say is different um, that I thought about a lot, like in between us playing, mm-hmm. was because um, there's not really like an overworld like normal Final Fantasy games, yeah. or at least the ones that we've been playing so far. Um, where it's like you walk around and you just like get random encounters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it was more like a uh, Super Mario Bros. Three overworld, yeah. where you're just like you're just like a Going little sprite on top of this area, and you can move to other areas in like a line. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very much like go to this town, go here. Yeah, you're not getting random fights, but and even like when you're in dungeons and stuff, you're not getting mm-hmm. random fights. There are enemies on the the map yeah and you can walk up to them and fight them if you want but you you can most of the time get around enemies if you want to Mm -hmm. i mean then like in the overworld there were battlefields which were just like do you want to grind like 10 fights real quick yeah and then you can do that and you get like a little bonus xp at the end or something yeah sometimes you got like items yeah there were like rings you could get or like there's always like gold and xp and i I remember one time there was like a ring we got yeah we got like a like an uh equipment or something Mm mm-hmm um what what else was like unique about this game i I liked the magic system in this game yeah because instead of just having like mp in general you had like spell slots for white magic spell slots for black magic spell slots for um like wizard magic they called it yeah um but like they all leveled up in different ways and you had like usually you had more white magic you had like black magic was in the middle and then the wizard spells were like the more powerful ones mm-hmm. that you had less slots of. Yeah, I think towards the end we only had eight wizard slots. Yeah. Um so I liked I liked that magic system. I thought it was cool to mm-hmm. like limit it in that way. Um yeah, anything else like that stands out to you about this game? There was uh, jumping, like oh, similar jumping. to Final Fantasy Adventure. Yeah, and like a hook shot kind of thing. Yeah. Um one thing I did like this happens sometimes in uh Final Fantasy games is there's like different uh, like sprites for the monsters oh, depending yeah. on if they're close to dying or not. But also for like for most of the bosses, there mm-hmm. were like more than two sprites for yeah. for them. Like yeah, there were like a few bosses that had like four sprites yeah, or something, which I thought was really really cool. Yeah, I, li- I liked seeing like the progressive like damage happening on mm-hmm. like and every enemy had it, which was super cool. Yeah, and some of them were really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um what 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 else what else can we say about this game we we, i mean we have to mention our Mm -hmm. boy our boy spencer our boy spencer and his beautiful place (laughs) that gets blown up so many times just just to explain there's a town you go to some girl that is your party member i think her name is phoebe Mm -hmm. her she's just like you got to visit my 
I think grandpa or something. Yeah, dad, dad or grandpa. And he's just like, yeah, go under my house. And he's there. And you go under the house. And like every time you enter a new area, it shows the name of the area above. Mm-hmm. And it just said Spencer's place. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't have like a cave of mist or something. It's just like Spencer's place. It's Spencer's place. It's Spencer's place. This is little like uh, his little place that he goes. His uh, man cave. It, yeah. And it was a cave. It was a literal cave. Yeah. And it did get blown up, like you said, multiple times. Yes. Um, but we loved Spencer and his place. It was yes. so cool. And we just could not get Spencer's place out of our head oh, no. the every, whole time. Every time a song would play, the soundtrack was playing, it was always, Spencer's place, going to Spencer's place. Also, the music in this game was bopping. Oh, yeah. Especially the Fireberg yeah, theme. Yeah, Fireberg theme was so good. So good. And, and we found this out like right towards the end, uh, like almost all the themes of like the main towns mm-hmm. there's like what firebird windia, windia um the what was the first foresta. one yeah foresta and then the ice one whatever the ice one was i don't remember yeah. what the ice one was glacia or something yeah, who could say some shit like that uh but they they were all they all had like kind of the same song but yeah. like in a different style yeah it was like the sea yeah, it was like the same arrangement like a similar arrangement but yeah mm-hmm. in different styles yeah. which was cool um and yeah this game another thing i wanted to mention it has. It was basically the same development team as Final Fantasy Legend Three, mm-hmm. which is like I think when we first started playing it, I, I instantly was like, "This has some like Final Fantasy Legend yeah, vibes." Yeah, it was to wacky it. for sure. Yeah, and so yeah, I looked that up. It, it has the same development team as Legend Three, mm-hmm. so yeah, it has like you know same composer, same like people and everything. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just a great, just a great game. I, I think I had mm-hmm. I had a good time with it. It makes sense why people say this is like a classic. Yeah, it, it was a nice, a nice playthrough for sure. Yeah. One thing I do, uh, do want to say is in Fireburg, like Fireburg's the mm-hmm. best town for sure. Yeah. Um, there's like a a hotel I think it says yeah, on the top, hotel. and inside uh there's there's like a band, and you can go <laughs> up to them and they they play a sweet song. Yeah, and that's it's sick. it's a sweet song for sure. Uh, but yeah, that that's basically all I have to say. It's a good, it's a good game. I think they should. Like we played this on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Th- that's the only place you can play this game. It hasn't been yeah. re-released at all, as far as I know. Like not even like digitally yeah, or anything. Yeah, I have no idea. I I think it's time. Bring mm-hmm. it back. Yeah, HD remix. Back... Yeah, exactly. They've been bringing back other games lately. Like uh, I don't know if you've seen. There's a like Saga collection that came out oh, on wow. the Switch, so you can Ooh. play all the Final Fantasy Legend games on your Switch now. And and it, they're like remastered and everything. What? Well, they're we not should... like. You know, they're just kind of like slightly updated. It's yeah. not like a full. Re- we should check remake. that out, though. Yeah. Um. So that's come out. I think there was a also a Mana collection that came out. So Final Fantasy Adventure mm-hmm. was also recently re-released that's on the awesome. Switch. So you can play all these old games on the Switch now, um, except for Mystic Quest. Yeah, they, they gotta should, get to it. They should get to it. Honestly, I I had lots lots of fun with this. Like it's it's very fun to play on the Super Nintendo, Nintendo but I know like a ton of people don't have the original console and if they do maybe it's not working or something Mm -hmm. it's always good to update that stuff come on folks gotta get it keep keep the mystic quest alive yes um it it, it, you know and it's a fun it's a good like intro Mm -hmm. um rpg for for your kids yeah absolutely i i think the the overworld is what made it a lot easier um because like in like final i was like comparing it to final fantasy one for example like if I played Final Fantasy One as a kid, which I did, mm-hmm. I would not be able to get very far, and yeah. I didn't. But in this, I think I could beat this as a kid. Oh yeah. Um, 
like we used a walkthrough, but mo- some there were some times when we were like in a dungeon where we were just like, you know, we got it. We yeah. understand how this dungeon works. Yeah. And and I think that's really good. And yeah. like I agree with you that it could be like a good intro to like a Final Fantasy game or RPG kind of mm-hmm. game. Like yeah. What what I did like also was like you had a bunch of different like weapons that mm-hmm. you could uh like sort through. Uh like you had sword, axe, grapple hook mm-hmm. or whatever and then bomb and each of them had their own uh like thing you could do in the map or or not uh in like a dungeon yeah like a sword could poke like these sarcophagus looking guys and like flip a switch Mm -hmm. the axe could chop down trees um and flip certain switches Mm -hmm. and then obviously the grapple was like a hook shot kind of thing where you could get to other areas and then bomb is yeah which which i thought was cool yeah blows blows up stuff which oh that was was the thing that was like this reminds me of legend also was they were like grenades like the the last yeah. uh because you were upgrading your weapons as you went along mm-hmm. and the last upgrade to the bomb was the mega grenade or something. yeah yeah but oh yeah so i remember the thing i was gonna say uh i like we mentioned this in one of the previous episodes another game did this mm-hmm. but i liked that when a party member joined you they were a higher level so that you knew which level you sh- should be around yes. during this dungeon. So like people would be like, oh, they're at level like 23. Maybe I should start like grinding a little bit and fighting some enemies mm-hmm. that I don't need to fight just so I can get up to their level. So yeah. I liked that. It lends itself to the like making the game easier for people yeah. um, and letting you know like you should be around this level at this point. Mm-hmm. And even then, like I felt like we were like over leveled towards the end yeah. of the game. Like we really breezed through it. And, and speaking of levels, uh, we like you looked it up while we were playing that uh the max level oh, yeah. is 41 i don't know why it's a weird 41. number and, and i think at the end we were level 34 which yeah which was so close yeah and i think we looked at like the speed run mm-hmm. of this game and they were like level 21 or something yeah level like, 21 by the was time... the speed run level yeah which is just so weird i don't know why they capped it at that but i guess like it made sense just because yeah. like we were basically one-shotting every like yeah. enemy towards the end. So let's run down like some some Final Fantasy classic things that were in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, no airships. I think this is like one of the first games yeah. we played with no airships. There, there was like a, a, a boat ship, yeah, or a, a ship. Um, obviously there is four crystals. Four crystals. Yeah, Dark Lord, Warrior of Light, kind oh, of in that Benjamin. Was, that was another another thing about the story. Um. At the end, the the guy that like talked to you at the beginning, White, that like magical oh, yeah. looking guy, he revealed himself to be the crystal of light, mm-hmm. and he's not a guy at all. He was just another crystal guiding you through. So there's yep. five crystals five in this crystals. bad boy. But yeah, four elemental crystals. So many crystals in this yeah. bad boy. <laughs> four elemental crystals. Dark Lord. Um, there was Excalibur. Yep, Excalibur. I think there are no Chocobos. No nope. Sid. No Sid. Um. I think that's almost everything that yeah. like I can think of. That's weird because I don't know. Like wh- while we were playing it, it definitely felt like a Final Fantasy yeah. game. But yeah, looking back on it, there's not a lot that is kind of like a Final mm-hmm. Fantasy game. I yeah. guess. I mean, they had. We also mentioned last time, like when stores will have like a picture above them to show mm-hmm. you where what they are. Like there were like the in pictures. Yeah, and there and were stuff. no stores. Yeah, no stores besides it was the just inn. people yeah just people and like sometimes people would sell you stuff like bombs or yeah. potions but they were uh, always like we, they only sold one thing 
Yeah. And you had to go to a different person if you wanted to buy like a potion or something. And and most of the time you didn't even really need to do that because you would just find everything on like in the dungeons or wherever yeah. you would go. So, yeah, I, I mean, let's sh- are we ready to rank this bad boy? I think I'm ready to rank. Let's rank this bad boy. So we will move on to our first um, ranking system, ranking mm-hmm. list. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. The most enjoyable. Now, where are we going to place this bad boy on the most enjoyable list? Mm. Uh, above the Legend games? I would say above the Legend games. Hmm. Yeah, above the Legend games, at least. Above Adventure? Let's think about this now. Mm. So I guess, I think this question, it's very similar to Adventure as well. Yeah. So I think the question is like, do we like the turn-based? Do we like the action-based system that Adventure had? I, w- I would say, like, going back to when I said it was like, press A, the game. Yeah. Like, I would say that part of the game was the least enjoyable, was the fighting. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed, like, all the characters, and I thought it was, like, a fun, like, yeah. story. Mm-hmm. But I would say that, like just generic fighting so like yeah, i feel definitely. like i feel like i would personally put it below adventure yeah i think I'll, i think i'd agree with that because even if i liked this story it, it was like just a generic final fantasy warrior of light for mm-hmm. crystals story at least adventure was like its own thing yeah with like the mana tree and, and things like that mm-hmm. I, I thought that was interesting so yeah we'll put it we'll put it below adventure so now Final Fantasy Mystic Quest is officially the number eight most enjoyable Final Fantasy thing. Oh, yes. Now let's move on to the most Final Fantasy list. Mm. So, I think it is it is more Final Fantasy than at least the first two Final Fantasy Legend games. I'll agree to that. Mm-hmm. I think it's more Final Fantasy than Adventure. I agree. Is it more Final Fantasy than Legend 3? Let's I, I think would, about that. I feel like it, it has to be. Cause what so Legend Three, what did we say about it that made it Final Fantasy? You know, there's different worlds you're going to. There's mm-hmm. airship. Yep. There's like kind of time travelish stuff. Yeah. Like uh fantasy and sci fi mixed yeah. together kind of thing. Huh. This but one's a tough one. I, I just don't think there's like a a way that I could say that that Mystic Quest is less Final Fantasy than Legend Three, though. Like I just feel like the Legend games like didn't seem so Final Fantasy to me. Yeah, and like this, this like, like I would say if you were to rename Mystic Quest, it would just be Final Fantasy for kids. Yeah, that's fair. Like and so, yeah. like like my a kid first Final recognize. Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, my first Final Fantasy. So, yeah. Okay. So we'll put it. So it is above Legend Three now. There's no way we're putting it above Final the yeah. first Final Fantasy. Game, yeah. Right? No way. No. Way. It can't. It's not gonna beat that. Like that's, you know, it is, it's, we have put things above the first Final Fantasy, obviously, but yeah, I don't think Mystic Quest is more Final mm-hmm. Fantasy than the first Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, like, like maybe this could be like Final Fantasy 0. 0.5. Yeah. Or yeah, something maybe. like that. Yeah, this feels like, it's, it, it does feel very similar to the side games we've played so far. And it's so weird to me because this isn't, um, like part of a different franchise. Mm-hmm. Like all the other ones were like, they're different you know it's a saga game it's yeah. a mana game this one was just final fantasy mystic quest as far as i know i don't know let me pull up the wiki again just to double check yeah. but 
Um, it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of like a bridge between both, like yeah. between the main games and the side games. Yeah. So yeah, it is very much like Final Fantasy point five. Yeah. So I think I think that is what we'll do. We will officially put this game, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, at the moment is officially the number seven most Final Fantasy thing we've talked about. We've done. Yeah. Um, it, a good game. Great game. Yeah. I I loved it. I had a good time. Short and sweet. Yep. Not even 10 hours, like nine and a half hours, basically. Other games take us a long time. You know, it's not a bad thing that games take a long time, Mm -hmm. inherently, I don't think. Like, with Final Fantasy V, it got a little long just because it kept, like... Just kept on going and going. Kept on going and going, and, like, it it, uh, pretended to end multiple times, and then you just go to a new world. So... But I I think that we're going to get into, like, some longer games coming up, and, like... I think that could that is going to be something that makes them greater. Yeah, because because you get to spend a lot more time with the character. Mm-hmm. That's what I liked about Final Fantasy V is like you even if it was like even if it was I got a little tired at the end of it. Like I it was still fun to spend time with the characters and mm-hmm. like develop their stories and level up their jobs and things like that. Yeah, that that was fun. So um, yeah, I'm excited to get into like we. Like you said last episode, we are truly getting into the golden era yeah. of Final Fantasy games right now. Next up, next episode, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, the a classic. Yeah, one, for like most people. Yeah, one of the one of the ones that people say is the best one. Yeah, and I know basically nothing about it. Yeah, same. So I'm I'm very excited to dive into that. Um, we're gonna do that later today. Mm-hmm. We're gonna start Final Fantasy VI. That one obviously is going to take us a little yeah, longer. So yeah. the episode there's going to be a bigger gap than the one that you just had in between episodes. So still uh, not a year. Still not a year. It's definitely not going to take us a year. Yeah, no way. We will we will blast through this one as fast as we can. Oh yes, but and, I and am. It'll, it's it's pretty close to being on to seven. Yeah, and, which and will that's be like, even more That's fun. my when we came into Final Fantasy or into Infinite Fantasy, that was my favorite Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. So I I guess we'll see. Compared to the other ones that we've played so far, if that if that stays true yeah. or not, um, maybe six will dethrone it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I guess that's all I really have to say about Mystic Quest. Good game. I recommend yeah. it to anybody who can get it. Yeah, I agree. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, you'll you'll be able to breeze through it very easily. It's not that hard, but it's it's a little fun yeah. time. I, I loved uh, playing it on the SNES. Yeah, like great. SNES is one of my favorite consoles and. And like the past couple games we were playing on like a not an emulator but like yeah like screen on like the sharing PC version yeah like on Steam yeah but uh, it was it was really nice to play it on like an actual console with the actual controller and yeah. all that and there will be like 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 we said like with the this golden era of Final Fantasy happening they've re released a lot of these games on like modern consoles mm-hmm. so we'll be able to start yeah playing it on on real consoles yeah. instead of like doing a weird like rigged like connect the computer to the tv mm-hmm. connect a controller to the computers things like that like we're gonna we're gonna really be able to speed through these things yeah. hopefully i don't know no promises yeah we'll see but we're gonna we're gonna get through them and you're gonna have your infinite fantasy episodes in no time oh, folks yeah. and with that being said goodbye good get it's you got you got it. We got to come up with something. Yeah. Spencer's place is always open to you. <laughs>
I, no, that uh, one's not it. I don't know. It, we'll figure good. it out. We'll figure it out, yeah. folks. Don't worry. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Okay, high time now for our tune of the week. Everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. <laughs> Dr. Nick? Yeah. Do you Dr. Have... Nick Rivera? Nick Rivera. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. You don't remember Dr. Nick? I don't remember oh, Dr. Nick. Oh, my God. The Simpsons. Oh, okay, okay. I, I I wasn't like, Dr. Nick, was there a show? And I was like, is that like a like Dr. Oz? There's a Dr. Nick? It's <laughs> weird. All right, sorry. Hi, hi, this is Tim for Precarious <laughs> Pixels. With me, as always, is Bob. I'm Bob. And Dr. Nick. And I am also the voice of Dr. Nick for tonight's performance. Very cool. <laughs> it's a terrible impression. And you're welcome. You're welcome. We're back. We again. are. And uh, not as far between as, as last time. Um, uh We've been watching some stuff. We've been working and and all that other stuff in between. Uh, I, I don't know. I where... blew Tim's mind before. Yeah, this we we were having a discussion before... before this whole thing started. And I was like, oh, we have to talk about this on air because I have feelings. He has feelings. I'm pretty sure we're on the same page with um, Arcane. As the greatest show that's ever been. <laughs> that's not the discussion we were Tim having. Tim has watched Arcane, though. I have. We should discuss it. We'll discuss it briefly. Um, and among other things that we've been watching. And, because and I think the other part could play into uh, Riot Games' future as well. Oh, that's true. I mean, they could start adding this stuff to theirs as well. Uh, well, just a, a quick overview here. Uh, we're talking about a little bit of stuff with NFTs. And m- putting them in games... And why that would happen. But before we get into that, uh, we have been watching some stuff and playing some stuff. You've been playing a game called First Class. First Trouble Class Trouble. Trouble. Yeah. It's free with PlayStation Plus right now on PS5. Oh, I didn't realize it was a free game. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have paid for it because I would never have thought this could work. And, coincidentally... Yes. It barely functions. <laughs> oh, it does. Of course it does. <laughs> it happens every time. They, Sony is, I, I don't know where they find it. They find expertly independent games mm-hmm. to a fault. And they say, you're independent. And by this I'm saying budget. Right. Uh, low budget game should be out there 
for millions of people to play on day one, server-based. Do you want some help with the servers? I'm sure you would like some help with the servers. Because <laughs> they're going to crash. <laughs> oh, oh, Sony. So now we're... Sony is like the funny... Like, they've been a company forever, and they keep making the same mistakes, like, over and over again. I mean, it's not really a mistake. I, it happened with Fall Guys, if you remember that. Yes, it, yeah, it did. And Fall Guys was great, but it barely worked right. the first couple of days. Even the Worms game they put out. Oh, really? Worms made a 2D Battle Royale, and I bet you didn't know that. I did not know that. Called uh, Rumble, Worms Rumble. Okay. And it was like fast worms. <laughs> <laughs> fast worms. Yeah, well, have you ever played the old Worms game? Oh, yeah, yeah, I totally so played that. Worms were turd-based. Yeah. And the point was to try and take out the other team's worms, however many they had. So like, right. it's usually, I think, stock five, maybe. Yeah. And I think there was like there was a series of games like this. It was like Lemmings, Worms. I forget lemmings the... was different. Yeah, lemmings, you were trying to keep the Lemmings alive. That was single player. Right. This is Worms was you were trying to kill the other Worms, the other teams of Worms in right. hilarious manner. Yeah. Whether course. it be old ladies with shopping carts. Right. Super sheep that flew through the air and exploded. Right. A mole that would like knock out the ground underneath them. Mm -hmm. Stupid stuff, but it was a blast. Right. They made that into a two D. Real time, hundred player. Uh, it was probably not hundred. I don't think it was hundred. It might have been forty. Okay. Player battle royale game. <laughs> Last worm le le wins. Right. The end. Okay. And that didn't work. They won because why would it? Of um, course. But this game, first class trouble. Somebody out there said to themselves, "You know what's big right now? Last year during the pandemic, Among Us. Right. We're gonna make that." Yeah, I could, I totally like see where they were going with this. I was just like, oh, because oh. you were describing it to me, and I was like, yeah, I, I've heard of this game. They're just trying to cash in. They are, but there are some advantages to this one that Among Us doesn't have, mm -hmm. at least without mods. Okay. Um, in this one, you can team up. So it's you have two robots that are the bad guys, and the rest of you are people on this future spaceship. Right. Your goal is to figure out who the robots are if you're a person. Okay. And stop them. Uh, and to do that, you can team up. So one person can hold them in place, and another person can choke them. Okay. And then they're gone. And that is the only way, aside from capturing them in, like, an airlock and knocking them out. But that's, like, impossible. To take them out that I know of so far. Um, so it has to be a team effort to take them out. Okay. Which, obviously... It's, the, the bad guys should always be a little stronger because it's two versus eight. Okay. Or two versus six. I think it's six. So I think there's eight total players. Okay. Um, the robots, however, a lot of fun. Mm. Um, they have their own little robot chat, as it should be. So they can <laughs> press a button on their, on their control pad and um, talk to the robot no matter where they are. Says, hey, hey, I want to get this guy into this room so we can take him out, right, quietly. Right. Great. Um, they also have advantages like they can hack into the air system. By the way, the game, the, the way it keeps going, instead of doing tasks, right, like in Among Us, right, your goal is to keep the oxygen meters full. And then, yes, there are minor tasks on each floor, mm -hmm. but nothing like there is in Among Us where it's like mini games almost. Right. This is just tap R2 
Succession. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to, like, rhythm bars. Gotcha. Um, but you have to also keep the air full, because the oxygen is constantly depleting, and the robots can sabotage that. Robots goal, obviously, take everybody out, even if that's by lack of oxygen, because you are, in fact, a robot, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that, that was... Win. Yeah, I was just saying. But you still can be choked, which is weird. Oh, you could be choked to death? That's, so the robots can get taken out by being choked to death. So one person, one human can hold them, and the other can choke them. Okay. And if that happens, that robot is gone. Okay. And they turn into... There's a game afterwards, which I will tell you about, but I'm saving that. Okay. It's great. But yeah, the, the robots have all sorts of tactics. And the humans do, too. They can push whoever into fire okay. or electricity or other hazards like pools but um it's a lot of fun also i have a blast playing off people's paranoia okay and convincing them that everybody but me is the bad guy even if i am the bad guy it's a lot of fun i could imagine and it's kind of like the same thing as among us it's just like you know they have their own little thing but with among us i think it's a little different because the the um, the Amogus okay. that aren't bad, right? It's actually what they're called. I, I believe. Yep. Um, they have no recourse except to call a meeting and hope that everybody votes against the people that are bad. Oh, so yeah. it's just talk to convince. Right. You can't just take out one of the bad guys. You have to get the whole team on board. With yeah. this, you just need two people, which is great, in my opinion, because now you have more chaos and you right. want a game like this to be constantly crazy yes and you can also see everything um in this game it's like a three it's a third person game it's not it's not like top down like among us and it doesn't have those weird fog of war if you want to call it where it's like dark in the areas outside oh, okay. of your direct vision kind of like with um i want to say like Command and Conquer, where you you don't see that part of the map unless you're, like, right there. Yeah, well, even more so with Among Us, um, if it's outside of your highlighted circle, mm -hmm. you can't see it. It's just black right, or gray, but you can't see what's happening there. So you have to hope that you see somebody, if they're the bad guy, go into a vent because the killers are the only ones that can do that. Okay. Or killing somebody. But, yeah, this, it's um, it's constant. It's constantly crazy. A lot of fun. Uh, definitely worth the price of admission, which is free. Which is free. So I, I, I imagine they didn't put too much time into it. Um, there was time into it, but there's also microtransactions to make your characters look ridiculous. Oh, okay. When you do die, you turn into... They don't call them Roombas. They call them something like Zumbas or something. But they're okay. basically just little vacuum dro drones. Yeah. That you can you can hang out and you can talk to the other dead vacuum drones and fly around there's like mini games where you can like just race whoever can hold on to this one it's like a like an umbrella okay it's an umbrella you can carry it around on top of you and whoever has that the longest you can have bragging rights as the dead guy but it doesn't matter because <laughs> you still lost well you know what but i guess that makes you feel a little bit better that like you go we're one of the first people or robots to be taken out no you want to be you want to survive. You want to survive, but, you know, not everybody's going to survive. And, you know, you're not, you're not just, you know, bored. And you, you, can, know, you can do little things. You can vacuum stuff up and then shoot it at the people, but they can't they can't see it. Only you can, so you can, like, fill their whole face with, like, forks by shooting it at them. I've nice. done that. 
Nice. Because you can also fly. It's, anyway, so I strongly recommend First Class Trouble. Okay. No, that sounds like a fun game. Um, so other games that we haven't played but watched. Um, so League of Legends. Uh, I, um, well, I mean, full disclosure about how I learned about League of Legends was I'm a big fan of uh, Robert Valley. Um, if you don't know who he is, uh, he's Oscar-nominated short film maker, uh, animation. Best known probably for his work on The Gorillas And The Jersey Boys. And The Jersey Boys? Yeah. The Four Seasons. Robert oh, Valley Robert Valley. Four Seasons. Yeah, different Robert Valley. <laughs> That's um, might have been Frankie. Frankie Valley, yes. His brother Robert uh, decided to go into animation. <laughs> but he's best known for... Uh, doing uh, like the animations for like the uh, the I'm trying to think of besides the gorillas uh, he if you saw uh, the Tron uprising animated uh, series yeah like did a lot of work on that I think there's a couple other ones he's worked on here and there um, he's done some uh, some short films and other music video stuff um, but he also did some work for League of Legends, and I think he still does. Uh, he also did, uh, if you saw the, what was the, uh, the Netflix series, I think it was like, um, uh, I think it was like, I want to say, Death and Robots? Yeah, I think that's the one, it was like, that one, he did like the one that was the, oh, man, it's gonna kill me, like the, the one that's about the, the, the robot that like basically, lives forever and like keeps wanting to uh paint these giant blue murals and stuff like that it was it was pretty good he did another one for the newest version which i think was like them a group of people running across the ice from like giant way space whales or something like that it, you'd have to see it as you would crazy concept but his style is very distinct in that but he did uh i think he, he really likes doing shorts and I know he did one of the openings for, I'm sure, League of Legend. Uh, not only that, but probably also uh, they do a lot of character introduction videos. And I'm sure he's done some animation for that as well. Uh, and that was kind of my way into finding out about League of Legends. And then I found like they also do a lot of like uh, have other animators and so forth, character designers who like work on those projects that I that I'm big fans of. Um, and they. League of Legends is such a weird kind of it's a steampunk world but it's a magic steampunk world uh, and it they have just every kind of character like like Lord of the Rings and also like Harley Quinn type characters that kind of show up and like weird mystical gods and wizards but also um, weird mechanical people and hulks and like everything you could possibly imagine and but they have backstories for like all of it and this is kind of like their first like i think they're tipping their toe into it but i imagine uh i think this has been received pretty well this is arcane which is about the story of two sisters who are uh future characters in league of legend one being um jinx uh who's kind of like their version of a Harley Quinn kind of character um, and then her sister uh, I can't remember her name right now but it's going to kill me but 
she basically has a big mechanical arm <laughs> that she that punches people. Uh, but like a like a magic steampunk world. It was. It's honestly some of the best animation I've seen in a while. Uh, it uses a version of 3D and 2D in a very interesting method. Everything looks like it's like a, a hand painted scene. I I would put it up against like like Pixar level type of stuff. It's V. Is it V or Vi? I think it's Vi. I think it's Vi. I as a like yet, like so. violet or something along those lines but it, it's kind of like a a weirdly str like class warfare kind of thing uh in this steampunk world there's like the rich people and then there's like the poor people who live across the bridge and the rich people kind of like you know are like i guess it's I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a very Victorian kind of like era because that kind of fits in with the steampunk where it's, you know, people who are living in poverty and like extreme poverty versus a bunch of like very rich elites kind of thing. Um, but all the... I recognize some of the characters that show up. Echo, I, I recognize his character, um, shows up as like a friend. Like it is kind of like one of those things that's like these characters are slowly introduced like a bit at a time. Um, and you start out with the sisters being very young and the first three episodes are kind of like their backstory of like how they got involved with this kind of class warfare thing. Um, and it's almost kind of a little bit of, uh, uh, what's the Charles Dickens, um, Oliver Twist where it's like, they're like, you know, street thieves kind of thing. Yeah. Little gangs of kids and they're, you know, fighting against other little gangs of kids kind of thing. And then it kind of like builds into this bigger story of of uh uh rich versus poor but also people with technology versus people with not kind of thing it it's all like very interesting well developed the actual like voice acting cast is pretty good the the animation is just astounding i don't know i don't know if you've seen like any of it yet no i haven't I'm but sorry. uh I'm sure if you're a big League of Legends fan, uh, you'd appreciate it, but not knowing too, too much about it, um, I fully enjoyed it, like the story so far. I think they've only premiered three episodes, which kind of sets up the the past version of these characters. And then I think they're going to do a time jump with the stuff that comes out, I think, Friday. And I think they're going to do it like every Friday for like the next like couple weeks. It's like a new episode. That's wild. They're doing... Yeah, it's not all at once. Like, the first... I think last week was the first episodes, and they dropped the first three. Uh, and they're... I think they're, like, 45-minute episodes. And they have, of course, Imagine Dragons does the opening song, because I think that's a League of Legends thing, that they made a song for League of Legends. Of course, why wouldn't they? Of course, why wouldn't they? So, um, but all very well done. Uh, the characters feel real enough. Like, it's... It's... Everything seems real enough that you're like you buy into the world. They thought it out well enough that you buy into what's going on. And there's there's robot people and things that look like you know uh, Final Fantasy characters running around, and you're just like it all still kind of fits together in a in a in a certain way that kind of like works for it. It's like a it's magic, but it's also steampunk, and it's also um, just you know, just every kind of like 
weird character you can imagine, and they all kind of fit together in their own way. But uh, definitely worth uh, checking out, I I would say. And I'll I'll keep watching watching it, and we'll maybe Bob will eventually get into it. Who knows? Yeah, I'll check it out. I mean, hopefully, I've got a. I gotta get to it. There's a few things I've been wanting to watch, but mm-hmm. I, I keep hearing good things, and yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, that Eternals, you're all good. Yeah. Your favorite Eternals? I, I don't think you'll even commit to saying it's good. What Eternals? Arcane? I think it's very good. That's it's <laughs> a nice little pivot there. Well, we'll wait until. Uh, so I've seen Eternals. Bob has not seen Eternals yet. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything for him. Um, uh, so. We'll wait for the review on Eternals. Here's my opinion on it before Tim uh, reviews it okay. next week. My opinion on it ahead of time is that it's something I have to watch specifically because it leads into better stuff that I'm actually interested in. Yeah, I could see that. That's a problem. That is kind of a weird thing. Because if you do too much of that, I'm not going to be interested in it. Exactly. And luckily, luckily, the next thing is Spider-Man. It is true. Like, the bigger thing is probably going to be Spider-Man. I think they know that, too. Does it... Uh, I don't I don't even know if you want to answer this, but mm. will it connect with Spider-Man? Is Eternals? Yeah. Possibly. Okay, so it's not even, like, for... That's weird, then. Not necessarily. Like, I don't think... If you probably walk into Spider-Man, you don't need to have seen Eternals. Because I did see Venom. Okay. And they make... Re- I know that in Venom they do make some references. And uh, they do more than that. Yeah. What's even weirder is they put out a trailer for that the Morbius movie with Jared Leto. Yeah, which is still happening. I put... My my friend put it on Facebook that right. there was a new trailer. I was like, what? Yeah, That's I, still happening? I, I was like, oh, that movie's still coming out? I'm pretty sure that movie was announced. The trailer came out. It was coming out April 2020, yeah, I think. Yeah, it was coming right, out really quick. Right after the pandemic started, like right. full swing in America. And then they delayed it. And then after that, I swear, mm-hmm. after that delay, they announced Venom. They put out a trailer for Venom. And they put out Venom. Right. This, <laughs> How did this But let delayed? me tell you, the, like when I saw that trailer, they couldn't say Marvel enough. Uh, in that trailer, Marvel, Marvel superhero, Marvel. He's a Marvel hero. Hey, Venom. Remember Venom? Venom is... He mentions Venom. Hey, you know that guy that was in that other Spider-Man movie? And he was also a Batman in 89? Oh, yeah. He's in this, too. <laughs> Marvelous. Yes. And then there's, like... This is the other thing, because they know that they... Because Tom Holland's, like, the multiverse stuff. There's ref, There's posters of... I think wanted posters of... Tobey Maguire Spider-Man in the background. In which one? So, I don't know. In, in Mo- Morbius? In, in Morbius. And everybody's like... And there's also, I think, references to the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. And I'm just like, so what universe is this? What? Where does Maybe this... Maybe it's not. You know what? That would explain it. If this is like some weird multiverse thing, right. maybe they explain why he looks like a freak in that one shot. Yes. <laughs> Which, honestly, when I saw that one shot, I was like, okay, that now he looks like Morbius from the and comics. If the they pig continue with vampire. Him, if they continue with him, they're just going to make him look like Jared Leto and occasionally bite people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 when I saw this coming out, I was like, I wonder if Venom's going to just show up at one point in this, this, in this movie. Have you seen Venom yet? 
Uh, I've not saw, seen Let There Be Carnage. Okay, well, I won't. I really want to because you a you should. Yes, because I love the first one. It's just a fun movie. I've heard people say that Venom is annoying in this. Mm-hmm. Disagree. Okay. Disagree completely. Right. Um, I will say that Carnage is annoying in this. <laughs> okay. Well, wow. Just because. Okay. And let's just go with the fact that they have another character in the trailer, in, in none of the trailers, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's super important. Right. And I'm offended. I can is. I, I don't want to say too much, but I think I know who's who's actually in it. Yes. And I'm just like, it kind of surprised me that they would make that tie-in. No, he might not be. Oh, okay. Can you can take a guess? Is it is it Spider-Man? Nope. There's no reference to him saying I hate that guy. No. Okay. No. Like he sees something on the news. Like somebody had said that there was something he sees somebody something on the news of Spider-Man. There's says, a broadcast at one point, but I don't think he says I hate that guy. Is oh, it's and it's not Jameson, right? No. Okay. All right. Then I have no I won't one. I won't spoil anything. I mean, I will say that at some point they do uh I think you hear Jameson talking. Okay. But um no, there is another character. Tim, there is another main character in this movie that they show mm-hmm. before Carnage, before Venom. Okay. And they have zero billing in the trailers. And they're super important. And the person that plays them has been in one of the biggest franchises of all time. Oh, wow. And it's not one of the ones you're thinking of. So... Because it's none of the ones people would guess. Is it Old Man Chris Evans shows up? It's not. It would be amazing if, like, just Old Man Chris I'll Evans tell you this. is like, oh, Venom. It's a lady. Okay. And she has done an accent before. Okay. And she usually, in the other roles she played, that was one of the biggest franchises of all time. Mm. She had some weird makeup. And an accent. Oh, okay. Well, who knows now? I know. You do. But you're never going to watch this movie. So, uh, to add on to that, they were, this particular person... Okay. ...was in two of the... One of the longest-running franchises of all time, which we've recently discussed. Oh, okay. And one of the biggest blockbuster franchises of all time... And my favorite, my favorite Asian movie that's not Asian of the last 20 years. Wow. <laughs> and that movie's Ninja Assassin. Oh. And you're going to have no idea who it is. And I love Ninja. First off, if you haven't seen Ninja Assassin and you want to see stupid fun. Yes, that is And stupid... also crazy stuff. Yeah, that is a crazy um, Ninja Star Bullet Time uh, movie. Not just Ninja Star Bullet Time. I'm talking like shurikens taking out entire parts of cars yes. while they're driving down the road. Like Ridiculous. Just... <laughs> it's so good. And it's so 
mid 2000s and it came out later than mid 2000s oh much later it was like 2009 i think so around there but it's like Zack snyder's ninja movie what's even funnier about it it's written by somebody um who has written i believe an oscar winning movie of course this one like should have won oscars stuff. honestly yes because it's great uh, and it was i don't think it was was it the wachowskis wachowskis no no way I think it was a Wachowski. I'm not saying they, Maybe they wrote, produced it. They produced it, but also most redundant name ever: Ninja Assassin. Ninja means assassin. Assassin, assassin. So it's assassin, assassin. I don't see their or Ninja names Ninja. On it. I see. They should have just called it Ninja Ninja. I would have gone for that. That's Ninja uh, Afro Samurai. Afro Samurai, another great piece of work. But that's Ninja Ninja. Yeah, would have been even better. Yeah, I, I wasn't crazy. The same person is in all of these things. Yeah, I know exactly who it is now. Who is it? Uh, is it Money Penny? It is. Yes. Um, Naomi Harris. Is yes. Yeah. Do you know what the other franchise was? So you got the longest running. You got Ninja Assassin. I'm trying to think what the other like what else she's been. Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, really? One of the biggest franchises of all time. I totally forget this. Yeah. Yeah. Told you. Stupid accent. Bad makeup. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and also one of the weirdest parts of that that whole movie series. I, I, I don't... She's only in two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's in two of the biggest movies two of, the big, of like, all time. Of the first one. Yeah. Like it's the first... Well, before that we knew it was going to be a, a trilogy. The first trilogy. And then... The first ones. I love that there's a hard separation. Well, which... no. And then, well, I think those are the ones that, um, what's his name? Uh, is it Gore, Gore Vidal? The uh, direct... Gore Verbinski. Gore Verbinski, yeah. Gore Verbinski. Verbinski. Um, I it Gore Vidal. Director of The Ring, the American version. Yes. But yes. Because um, <laughs> it's just so, like, those movies just get crazier. It's like, oh, yeah. And fishmen and crab men and other weird stuff that we can just throw in there. Davy Jones and whoever else. And then it becomes like they like the next movies. I, or I think what? How many did they make after that? Did they make another two. like three? I think they made two more. I thought they made three more. I think there were only five. They haven't made the sixth one yet, to my knowledge. Okay. They made the one where they tried to do it without. Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley, and then they made the one where they tried to make it with Orlando Bloom, and then Kira Knightley shows up at the end. Yeah, but that not even really them in it. Like they only show up at the very end. Yeah, but it's about them. It's kind to, of like it's their stories. Yeah, them. it's like the end of their story. And then uh, Jack Sparrow is canceled. Johnny Depp's canceled, so he's not in the new one. No, he's it's definite. Oh, okay. They had talked for a bit about replacing him with Margot Robbie, because she's wacky, man. Uh, but also, I don't know. But that's the reasoning, I think. Was, I think, She's yeah. wacky, man. And she's Oscar winning or nominated, so they're just like, okay, oh, okay. Right. What's yeah. that? Yeah. And honestly, like, if she wasn't Harley Quinn in the, um... Uh, what was it? The Suicide Squad stuff. It's she does a great job. Like the the Suicide Squad stuff. Like she kind of keeps that character going. 
not all the movies she's in are, are great, but I think that the she always does a great job. I I think she'd be fine. Yeah. I just don't... I hope they don't call her, like, Jack Sparrow or Jane Sparrow. Or yeah. Like, just make her her own thing. Like, yeah, there's... Some of the most successful pirates were actually women. Yeah. In fact, I think the most successful pirate was a, a woman uh, in China. That I believe the Chinese government had to pay her off. Oh, they can't do Chinese pirate after... Um, the but they did have one. Yeah, with Chow Yun-Fat. That's what I'm saying. They already had that. Well, no. And then they had Madame... I think that's who that one woman was when they had the big pirate coven thing. Or... Like, there was a woman there, and I think she's, like, that... Supposed to be, like, that... Representing that person. Yeah, those movies. They were crazy. So, there were so many crazy things in those. I was just like... There was a... Part where the... Um, they're in a giant wooden wheel. Um, yeah, just, I remember just that. Just cruising down the beach. Like, like there's Here's triple, a fun... triple crosses and like, oh, this person's really double crossing this person and double crossing that person. And it has to do with the East Indian Trading Company and what? What else? I'm going to make a fun drinking game for the audience. The Kraken. If you're old enough, okay? Here's the drinking game. Every time they say release the Kraken. No. Uh, You could just do every time they say parlay. Parlay? But, no. Here's the drinking game. Watch two Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Okay. Doesn't have to be right in a row. Maybe over the course of a weekend. Sure. Then, explain the plot to them without messing up. Yeah. (laughs) Do it. And every time you mess up, you have to take a drink. Sure. It's over. Because nobody could. You could be writing those movies. You could have seven lines written. And somehow those movies come out as gibberish. (laughs) And Johnny Depp falling down. And that's it. Yeah. Because without those movies, or without him, those movies don't work. They barely work. They, with yeah, him as comic him, relief? Yes. they. It is kind of like... I remember there was... I forget which one it is, but there's one I'm watching. I think we... I was just like... I, I don't know exactly what's going on here. I don't know exactly why we're... We're in the underworld? We're not in the underworld. And the other part of that is Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey yeah. Rush is kind of like the straight R pirate kind of person. Here's another thing for you. Let's add this on. Okay. A drinking game where if you can explain when Jeffrey Rush's character became a good guy. Yes. And how. You don't have to drink. Yes. <laughs> the weirdest thing. He's just a good guy now because they like the character. Yeah. Well, kind of. He's not really a good guy. But he's not a bad guy. No, exactly. He helps them all the time. Yeah, I know. It's so he's strange. not even an anti-hero. He just... He just shows up. He's, he's actually, like, yeah, I, I think you. he's almost a morally better than Jack Sparrow in a lot of those. Uh, it's so weird. <laughs> oh, there's, and, but there's a point where it happened. Right after the first movie. Yeah, and it's just forgotten. Yeah, and then they're like, he's oh. the well, lesser of the evils, maybe? And they were like, hey, for no reason, he's back from the dead, right? <laughs> for no real reason <laughs> yeah. at all. We're just going to negate the uh, the first movie and just be like, yeah, for no reason. Uh, spoiler alert for Jeffrey Rush coming back for, for all the rest of the movies. There's characters that just disappeared. Like, there's the one from the uh, original Office. 
With the eye that kept popping out. Oh, yeah, the out. eye kept popping out. Yeah, that guy. He was kind of the, the Dwight, in a way. Yeah, he was he was Dwight in that. Right, in but, the in the English, uh, the British officer, as it were. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, Pirates right. of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. So, yeah, Money Pennies in Venom. And I bet you've seen the trailers and never saw her once. No, not at all. And she's super. She's the first character they show, mm-hmm. and she's super important. Okay. How crazy is that? That is really crazy, and weird. And the movie is built around her. Oh, really? Everything that happens in the movie is she. Like, she's the catalyst. Is she Shriek? Well, I wouldn't tell you even if she was. Okay. Um. There, but there. I is she another Spider-Man villain character? I don't know. Okay. There's how there's like thousands of people. Yeah. Fine, she shriek. Sure. I I don't know if that's what she's called in this. Does Vermin show up? Is there like no. I want like the B list uh I know you know what? I want the D listers. You know Maybe even the F listers of Spider Man. Because there is a lot. I want you know, I want the white rap to show up. Do you even know who that is? No. I bet you don't. Nobody knows who that is. Oh, everybody knows who that is. Come on. The White Rabbit, the lady who runs around as literally the White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. That's the bad guy, or the bad character, in the villain in Batwoman, right? No. No, this is a Spider-Man villain from, like, the... I want to say the 80s. This guy's also in it. <laughs> Alright, so there's an actor in this. His name is Stephen Graham. Okay, mm-hmm. Stephen Graham, for the first half of the movie, I thought he was Donnie Wahlberg with bad makeup. No, Donnie Wahlberg's making Uncharted movies. But do you know who Stephen Graham is? Uh, name sounds familiar. It should. He's from Snatch. He's Tommy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that guy. He's, good He's guy. also Capone on Boardwalk Empire. Yes. But, I don't know, he thinned out. Okay. And he just looks like Donnie Wahlberg being the detective from Saw 2. The whole movie. Because <laughs> he's a detective. He's dressed exactly the same. Okay. He has the same old balding hair. Okay. I was just like, Donnie Wahlberg? And his accent stinks. <laughs> <laughs> and this man can do accents. Because I watched him be Capone right. for four seasons or whatever. And he, he was fine. They were like, hey, can you do a, an accent in this one too? And they were like... Yeah, I could do an accent. <laughs> yeah. Is that the accent he uses? It's worse. Uh, the boss, is he talk yeah. like this? He talks oh, like a New Yorker, oh, but he's an L.A. cop. Wait. Or San Francisco, sorry. Wait. Venom <laughs> takes place in San Francisco. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Like, wait, <laughs> how's he doing in Boston? Does, it, does that come up? Does he like, hey, I was from Boston, but I transferred out here. No, he's, he's got wicked the, smart. He's got the New York one, the New York accent. Oh, he does, like, a New York accent. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> and he really hates Tom Hardy for some reason. Well, Tom Hardy needs somebody to hate. Or hate him. So. No, wait, does he still who's do the, the job that he did in the last one where he's, like, a reporter for, like, a web series or something? No. Oh, what is, what is he? He doesn't have a job. Okay. All right. He's not a reporter? Then no. why does he go visit that guy in prison? Um, he's asked by Tommy. <laughs> okay. But why does he want... But why does uh, um, Cassidy want to talk to him? 
It's a good question. Makes no sense. <laughs> Is at least his wig better in this one? Tom Hardy's? No, uh... uh yes. Uh, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson's wig is better. Tom yeah. Hardy, for some reason, still always looks like his hair is either super greasy or wet in this one. Is he? It's th- consistent well, that was, in Venom. Yeah, in Venom, he looked like he was always looking like he was a little bit greasy. Yeah, I don't know what that was about, and they chose to keep it. I'm glad they did. It's also I- super dark. Everything is dark. Yeah. Like, the lighting stinks. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just everything's almost pitch black. Well, I mean, it makes sense for Venom. He's That's what he's all about? He's a black and white costume? What Does, if I told you? Let me ask you something. Um, I don't think this is a big spoiler, but does does the chess symbol ever show up? No. No. He never gets that white uh, insignia. Maybe at the end. Okay. But no, I don't think so. Okay. He does, at one point, Venom and Tom Hardy have a messy breakup mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it I love there's it. no better way to put it and Venom goes clubbing wait but how does I thought like the suit couldn't live without him he and can't. he couldn't like get rid of him he can't oh so the suit goes back to him no he's just like I'm not going back to you the heck with this and then he goes off on his own okay and he um he just uses other people's bodies. Venom has... A, um, okay. He has the arc of Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 3. The... <laughs> How's that? Does he, wait, does he just dance down the street? He does dance. Oh, does he do like the finger guns? And he like... does not do the finger oh. guns. But he does give a big speech at a rave. Cool enough. Wait, Venom does? Venom does. <laughs> See? There I hope they make three hundred of these movies. <laughs> I hope I hope these like outgo uh the Fast and Furious movies and um uh and Bond and Godzilla. I I will tell you this movie is one hundred percent worth it. Okay, good. Good, good, good. And there is the little setup for whatever's next. Okay. It's worth watching that, too. Okay. All right. All right. I can't wait. I'm definitely going to watch this. I'm going to make Jamie watch it. Uh, but, uh, so, now getting to, the, like, the thing we actually were talking about. Speaking of Spider-Man and Sony and Spider-Man, um, have you heard of these NFTs, Oh, Bob? my God. NFTs. They're the worst thing to happen to anything. Yes. And it's really bleak. I don't, uh, NFTs, um, in general are a way of, uh, copywriting like digital media, basically for the most part. Um, and basically rare items and things like, I guess that you would have or could get in a game or just in general, like images, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure how the terms quite work for any of this stuff. Just know that they're things that shouldn't be worth money. Right. And they are. Right. So it's no different than... We'll start off with what NFTs could have been in the past but weren't. Right. Which are things like golden guns in Call of Duty or now now um, 
They don't call them diamond anymore. There's something beyond diamond. They have a new thing in Call of Duty Plat- that you platinum. can unlock. It's not platinum. Oh, okay. Um, but they're like crazy. It's like dumb. You earn it by playing the game. Right. See where I'm going with this? Oh, yes. Um, and you have that cool gun skin on your gun. Right. And you might get one that's like... Because now Call of Duty is crazy. It, ten years ago, it was like gold guns were like... The cool thing. Like, you had the gold guns. You represented. Yeah, it was cool. And now, there's people running around in Call of Duty dressed as clowns, literally. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, ghost face from Scream. Okay. And, um, Frank the Bunny. Is it Frank the Bunny from Donnie's Arca? Uh, yeah, it is Frank the Bunny. They had a Halloween event where he was a skin you could buy. Okay. Kid you not. So you could just run around as him. Right. I have John McClane. Because I love Die Hard. Because Die Hard is an amazing, amazing Christmas movie. So now, anytime I play Cold War or Warzone, right. my character is John McClane. Yeah. I bought that. I paid I... money for it, but I love it. Right. And there's audio that matches it in the game. So what they did was they took cuts if you from Die Hard. Yes. Shoot the glass. <laughs> I'm on your side, a-hole. Wow. Is one of the ones that'll happen if your teammate accidentally shoots you. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's a lot. There's not shoot the glass, so it's all things he would say. Okay. But it's actually Bruce Willis. It's the quotes from the movie. Right. Um, they had Rambo, too. Makes sense. Like, yeah. But I didn't want Rambo. Of course not. Like, yeah. The audio wouldn't be as cool. Kills as easy as Berlin. He meant breathing. <laughs> But it sounds like Berlin. Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> it was an early, an earlier uh, movie in his career. No, that was that was four. Was that four? That was Rambo, not First Blood. For me. Wow. Children's Jesus, Berlin. <laughs> I didn't yeah. realize he was... I saw him in Guardians. I was like, he didn't seem to like have any problems there. Yeah, well, he wasn't, he wasn't just murdering on a low-budget Lionsgate film, man. Yeah. He was on Disney money. That's right. Um, so anyway. His buddy Kurt Russell was like, hey, you want to be in this movie? So now imagine your super deluxe gun skin. Mm. And the you unlock it, but now it has a dollar value attached to it. Because that's what Activision sees. And they're not even yeah. the ones who said it. Yeah. They're not the ones who said it. Instead, it's EA. Gross. Because they, they can't stop making money on soccer. Oh, and and just sports in general. Like, yeah, but their... like their ultimate team stuff in FIFA is like stupid. It's like, hey, you want Messi? Try opening 150 packs. They're like a buck each. Okay. And maybe you'll get them. Wow. So that's gambling, which I'm pretty sure is like outlawed in a lot of places, which is why NFTs are going to be so important for them. Right. Because it's... then you can just earn it. Basically, it's the hologram card, um, you know hidden within the the regular you know packs of you know cards but the bigger thing about this is this is digital media and it's the if you have an nft in a game that's like it might be valuable now but in six months when the next big game comes along and people aren't playing your game anymore and let's say Hey, I got the NFT that was worth fifty thousand in this, and I bought it off a guy 
uh, who got it in, in his version of the game or whatever, or had earned it in his version of the game, and he sold me his account. But now that's only... Like it's only going to be valuable for as long as that game is popular. But here's the thing. You're talking about... We're talking about FIFA here. Right. But let's pivot to the thing we started with. Yes. League of Legends. League of Legends. Arcane. Okay. Do you know when that was announced? Because I, I just looked it up. Arcane? Yeah. Um, I think it was like probably, what, a year ago? Probably about. Maybe yeah. a little less. But do you know when? It was an event. Right. It was their 10th anniversary event. Mm-hmm. So League of Legends is 10 years old. Right. It's not about building a game for a year anymore. Right. It's about building a game forever. Right. So League of Legends would be the ideal place for NFTs. Right. Because you're going to play that forever. Yeah. And so they, why not? And it's kind of like, in, almost like with Fortnite, where they have you know different seasons and different things go on. They do Christmas versions of their characters. They do, um, uh, you know, different, like, events in that way. Licensed skins. Like, right I'm, now, I was showing Tim. I've, I've been playing a little bit. I have John Wick. Right. And he's awesome. Yeah, and he has a little robotic dog in his he back does. in Fortnite. He does. I didn't pay for the robotic dog. Does he do a dance? The dog or John Wick? John Wick. John Wick does all the dances. Oh, John Wick does all the dances. Yeah, so your skin doesn't dictate your dance. Right. Because it's your character, however you want them to be. Right. Your skin doesn't dictate your pickaxe, your your dance, your weapon skins, or and, your glider. And just so everybody knows, skin is a term they use to describe what the character looks like. Like you can get a, a, the normal characters that come with the game, but if you want like a special, basically, the equivalent of like an outfit or what the character is going to look like, they call it a skin. So. You have one that makes you look exactly like Keanu Reeves, John Wick. Yeah. And here's the thing, right? Fortnite, I'm willing to support it more. Right. Because, do you know what the price of admission for Fortnite is? It's free. It's free. It's free. You just play it. Right. Right? And you can buy the Battle Pass if you want to, if you're getting really into it and you like it. Yeah. Battle Pass is 10 bucks. Right. Not and, not too much. No, and you unlock 100 things um, by playing that Battle Pass if you play it all the way through. And now right. the Battle Passes are even more ridiculous. It's like 100, and, I think this one is 140 things you can unlock, including right. fully licensed Carnage skin I was talking to you about earlier. Yeah. It's in this, this year's, or this, it's not even a quarter. It's weird. It's, I think it's like um, season 20 weeks. I, yeah, they do like, a, they do a season, I think, of, of for a, uh, for Fortnite. Yeah. And that, that is kind of like the bigger thing with them is like they're always creating new stuff. Like they had, you know, I think there was like the Marvel characters for a while. They did the DC characters. Uh, pretty much like everybody is in there and you can you can pay to, to look like those characters if you want to. But you don't have to. Yeah, some of them you can just lock. I didn't even pay for Predator. Right. I have the Predator by having the Battle Pass that came out then. And I, for that Battle Pass during a timed event... You had to find him mm -hmm. and defeat him in battle while everything else is going on in the game. Right. And he's like, he's got all the predator abilities. He's stealth mode. He's got his little wrist cannon thing. Right. He's got a little shoulder cannon that yeah. shoots like that stuff. Too. Super jumps. Right. It was a blast. Like, that was, was awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, they they did that, right? But then what happens when somebody says, 
oh, this one skin from six years ago, when Fortnite's a little older, right. is worth a thousand bucks. Because you can't get it unless somebody else gives it to you. Right. Just like, to be honest, there's an NFT out there right now that's a game, in my opinion. Right. Find me a PlayStation 4 with PT on it. Okay. Because you literally can't re-download it if you had that demo. Right. The only way to have it is if you never delete it from your hard drive and have the account that it's linked to. Right. And then you can play it. Yeah. So, and that makes it valuable in that way, but only to people that would want to play that. Yeah. Right. But they're putting dollar values on the things. Right. And that's, it creates not people that just want to play it. It creates a, an economy in something that shouldn't have one. It is kind of that weird thing. But then, it. the only thing that I would say this would be a big negative, um, one, to people who think that this is going to, you know, owning these, these specialty things is going to make them money when eventually... It, Maybe it will, maybe it won't. It's really kind of like, who knows which way the NFTs thing's going to go. But I don't think it's a big deal for people that that just want to play the games in general. Like like we were just talking about Fortnite. You can just play it, it's free, it's general. If you get the new Spider-Man game and you just play it through, I'm sure you can just play it through normal or whatever. If you want a specialty thing... You have to pay a little bit more for it. But I'm not saying that's the problem. Right. The problem isn't now. Yes. The problem is when it becomes to get the skins in a game like Fortnite. Because I don't think Fortnite would ever... That's not true. I don't think Fortnite for the foreseeable future mm -hmm. would do that. Right. Because they've built their economy and it's sustainable. However, when you take your games like Battlefield. Yes. And you say, we're going to force this to be a thing. You're going to only be able to get this gun by grinding this many hours or buying it from whoever. From the person who earned it. From the person who earned it or however it's linked. Right. Because I'm sure there's going to be something other than an account transfer because otherwise EA can't make their money on it. They're going to have like an auction house. Right. And that's terrible. That's, all, yeah, that's another bad thing. And then... Not to say they wouldn't do that, but who they knows? They absolutely would. Yeah. They've, they've pretty much done it, because you can trade Madden cards. Right. So, Ultimate Team cards, which are Ultimate Team players, that's already in an auction house. So, you take that, mm -hmm. and you say... This one's going to be the rarest card, but nobody knows how many there are because it's digital. Right, aside exactly. From them. Right. And you just then sell it to people in the auction house. But also, this this is where the things could get really dicey really quick because then it's like, well, let's say I was the programmer who worked on that, and I know a way that I can actually give that to you without you having to actually... Like, this, this is the thing that could, like... This happened. Yeah. This happened with FIFA. Right. Fairly recently. Um, there was a programmer who was selling, um, I don't know, I don't know the correct word here, but, um, packs to people mm -hmm. of specific cards. Right. And he was caught. Right. So it was like, you want this messy, 
here's your messy 500 bucks okay and it's gonna look like a random pack but i got you right and when you do something like that Mm -hmm. and you have that capability who's regulating aside from ea and do you trust ea to regulate not necessarily, yeah. Only on their end, like, to help them. Yeah, as long as it's making them money. Like, they probably were just mad that that it was like, oh, we didn't think of this and think to do this. Some One of our employees, like, found out a way to make money that... Well, it's not that they didn't think to do it. They knew to do it. Mm-hmm. They could... Listen, if they put out a messy pack at 10 bucks, they'd sell thousands, right? Right. Your 99 card, 10 bucks. But... Their goal isn't to sell the messy card. Right. Their goal is to sell the hope of the messy card. Right. Right? It is that. That is kind of the thing. So it's, here's your random pack for five bucks. Good luck. Yeah. One in 60. One in six. It's, it is kind of like that. That is kind of like the weird thing about that. It's like, this could potentially be a an interesting thing in a weird collector's market that who knows what's going to go up on like the next like auction block is like, Hey, I have, I have a Spider-Man Scarlet Spider for the Sony version of Spider-Man for the PS5, blah, 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 blah. It's like, and it's on this hard drive that you can have for, we've certified it's, you know, authenticity and blah, blah, blah. Like that kind of thing could happen. But more likely is they're going to say, it's like, hey, we're selling you the game, but if you play, like, if you want to try to get, put, like, basically gamble to get this, you know, NFT, you're, like, you have to put in, I'm sure they're going to have it be, like, a monetary thing. Like, you have to pay this much money to get this part of the game or something, like, along those lines. And I just, like, it's just, like, they're already making so much money. They're, see, like, they're not making enough money, Tim. They're not. They're never then, making enough money until they're making all the money. Yes, that's and that is. And then that's a, not enough money. There should be yeah. more money. Yeah, and this is why, like, it's companies like, it's never fans who are trying to screw over other fans. It's it's people who want to make more money from the video game industry and pad their bonuses even more. It's like, hey guys, how can we get a few more million out of these people that we're already taking millions from? Let me remind you that. Within the last year, I think today is the one-year anniversary of the Xbox right. series. Um, I'm pretty sure it's today. It might be tomorrow. Okay. Um, the one-year anniversary of the Xbox Series X. $60 per game. Okay, yeah. Sony came out three days later. Mm-hmm. They and Activision and 2K and EA... Right. Are the people at the forefront of the $70 game. Right. It's going to cost $70 because it costs us more to make them. Does it? Question mark. Fine. Let's go with that. Okay. Every single one of those games still has microtransactions. Right. Every single one. Except for Spider-Man Miles Morales. Okay. Kind of. Kind of. Because you can still... For the $50 Spider-Man that they put out, right. you can pay another 20 to get the Ultimate Edition with the Spider-Man remaster of the PS4 one. Right. Where all they did really was upgrade the assets a little bit mm-hmm. and change Peter Parker's look for God knows what reason. I think they were like, we need him to look more 
young. Well, not only that, but I think more like, I think he looks like a weird mix between Tom Holland and, I think somebody was like, it's like Tom But nobody asked for it. Yeah. Nobody complained about the way Spider-Man no. looked. Well, no. It's not that. It's just they know that that'll make it more more financially viable. I don't know. Who knows? It's whatever. But they've still found a way to raise the price of the game. Right. Not get rid of the things they said were the problems. The reasons they were there is because games were too expensive to make. Because before $70, it was, mm. we need season passes because games are too expensive to make, guys. Right. So we need to char- We need to find a way to charge you more money. Oh, we found a way to charge you more money? Don't worry. We don't have season passes anymore in Call of Duty. Now we have battle passes. It's the same thing. Mm. It's a 10-week season pass at 10 bucks, and guess what? There'll be five. Or right. there'll be four. Right. Right? Or it's a 12-week and there's four. Whatever right. it is. Um, then they had uh, FIFA. Ultimate Team Packs are still there. NBA. Uh, VC is still there. Mm. It's all of it. And then, really quickly, I'll get into Grand Theft Auto. Right. False advertising. Right. So Grand Theft Auto... Loosely false advertising because I was doing it's Bob's doing air quotes. I, I am doing air quotes because Grand Theft Auto the remastered trilogy came out today. Right. One of the big selling points in the trailers was updated GTA Five controls. Right. The biggest problem with Grand Theft Auto on PS2 mm-hmm. was the controls. Yeah, I mean you get the the controls were a little bit you know. Gunfights. Yes. So was, that was probably like the harder part. Yeah. All they did was add in a weapon wheel. That's it. The gun. Every control is still the exact same. Oh wow. They added a weapon wheel and took songs out. <laughs> and they changed the lighting. The assets are the same. Right. I recommend you look at what the game looks like if you haven't seen it yet. It right. looks like a PS2 game with modern lighting. They didn't change Fantastic. the character models. Right. They it, didn't update it. They didn't improve the graphics. They didn't do any of that stuff. Ask me how much it is. How much? 60 bucks. Way too much. I You could buy a, a classic PlayStation 2 and get that game. You could buy those games digitally on the PS4 as PS2 classics. Right. For like 5 bucks each, they've been on sale. Right. So why are you charging me 60 mm. and removing songs? Right. It's ridiculous. From what I've heard... I have to, I have to mess around with it myself because San Andreas is on Game Pass. Oh, okay. So I don't have to support it. Okay. Um, but uh, from what I've heard, it's the phone ports or PSP ports of the games. Okay. Vita ports, sorry. Gotcha. Okay. okay. So it's not even, it's wow. not even like remade, remade. Wow. Yeah. That's bad. It's really bad. Oof. But that's 2K. <sighs> so that's wild. And then they, they've also... They're launching tomorrow Borderlands 3 again on Next Gen. Again. Oh, okay. <laughs> the game that's been out for how many years now? Uh, three? Three or four. Three, three or four? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we definitely talked about it before. It... I think it. I think it might be... Three years as of September. It was three years. Right. So craziness. Um. I I don't know how this is gonna go. We might. 
one, we might look at this and be like, man, I wish I would have jumped into that. But I have a feeling, at least with NFTs, we're going to look back on that and be like, oh, wow, that's ridiculous. Like, why, why did we ever think that was a good idea? Nobody will ever think that it was a good idea. We'll see. We could be wrong. I hope we are absolutely right. I hope so, too. Yeah. It's a bleak uh, future when you sell somebody else's art. Yeah. And, and put a value on it for yourself as a company. Because yeah. that's what that is to me. Right. I mean, there are digital artists, that, and I get like why they want to sell the rights to their stuff for a certain amount of money and have it be exclusive. Sure. Um, but this is just like another company's trying to make more money off off people that are already paying them millions of dollars just because but next week we'll talk about some other stuff yeah. I, I hopefully uh, i'll see the eternals we'll talk about the eternals if bob sees it we might talk about uh, midnight mass um yeah um and i'll have definitely have some more uh arcane to talk about um uh, i think some more episodes come out tomorrow um, but, uh, as always, you can find me, uh, on the Instagrams at Tim Martinek. You can find Bob. I'm on Instagram at Bob J. Martin, M-A-R-T-O-N, and I'm on Twitter at Martin underscore Bob. Yes. And... I remembered. Yes. And you can find Precarious Pixels, the, the podcast, and the video on YouTube, uh, Spreaker, Stitcher, I'm still trying to work out what's going on with iTunes. They uh, did some updates, and I'm trying to figure out where <laughs> where our podcast went on iTunes. I think it's still there. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's still doing the updates. I can't do like see if the if it's still updating on the stream, but I, I I'm guessing it still is then. Um, but you can find us uh, on those podcast networks and on YouTube. Uh, check us out, um, and as always. Uh, we'll talk to you next week with a ton more stuff. Yeah, we're still there. All right, we're we still didn't there. We disappear, guys. We're still there, guys. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. From one amazing tune to the other.
Georgia drivers take pride in their cars because your car is important to you. It gets you back and forth every day, helping you connect with family and friends, getting you to work, to the store, and the football game. Protect the vehicle that protects you with dependable coverage from an insurance company that's known for keeping its promises. Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, right here in your community. Learn more at gfbinsurance.com. Live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and four hours from the closest professional sports team. It's not a lie if you believe it. On the banks of the Mississippi River. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I you. It's the Degenerate Sports Betting Show with Matthew Friedman. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. And now your host, Matthew Friedman. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Freeman, Matt at the Oracle. Welcome to the Degenerate Sports Betting Show brought to you by Best TV and sponsored by the FTN Network, where you can get all the season long and daily fantasy and sports betting content, your degenerate heart desires, including my fantasy football write-ups and all of my NFL sides, totals, and player props. Use the highly original promo code FREEDMAN for 20% off of your FTN subscription. That is FREEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. Thanks for checking out the show. Subscribe to the Best TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. It is Monday afternoon, and today we are taking a dive into the markets of Monday night football's Niners-Rams game to uh, find some plays that, you know, maybe we'll make some money. I don't know. No guarantees. No guarantees. I'm a degenerate. No guarantees. But I'm going to I'm going to comb through the market, and maybe we find something that ends up being a winner. Producer Tom, Thomas Viola, sidekick on the controls, connoisseur, pasta, titan, tomato sauce, bully, Joel junkie, and long-suffering Jets fan. Tom, Monday night football. Let's let's uh let's get into it let's get right in it is rams versus 49ers here the line was around four it's actually moved to rams three and a half opened at three got bet up a tiny bit and then bet back down swinging a miss for me i took them at minus four but i think we'll be okay in the end the rams are four and five against the spread five three and one to the over under this season 49ers a mere two and six ats Five and three to the over, though. A couple trends to look at. Rams, one and six against sub-500 teams against the spread so far. 49ers, they're 0-4 against the spread in their last four home games. And the dog has covered the spread in each of the last four meetings between these two teams. Tom, I I have to ask. um, The Rams are four and five against the spread on the year. And yet you said they're one and six against the spread against sub 500 teams. That doesn't seem to make sense. That trend goes back to last year. Goes back to last year. Okay. All right. I, I don't know how, how, uh, how representative yeah. it is, you know, cause I mean, that's the Jared Goff, the Jared sure. Goff Rams. I, I don't hey, think that's, that's too applicable. He had 80 yards passing this week. Jared Goff, <laughs> Jared Goff is no longer completely defeated without Sean McVay. That, that's true. He's no longer completely defeated. Uh, that is a great way of looking at it. Um, still winless, though. Um, but also, you you could probably make the case that uh, the Rams that we saw last week, uh, they were just as bad as the Goff Rams. So uh, who knows? Maybe maybe the trend of one and six against sub five hundred teams uh, is still applicable. But I, um, I do think yeah. that the good news is that the 49ers are not the Titans. They they are not the Titans. They they definitely are not the Titans. Uh, let's talk about the side first. Yeah. So yeah, let's do it. 
Tom, if you uh, feel like you were a donkey and buying the Rams at four, uh, I bought them at the Zenith at four and a half uh, last Sunday. So that's not great. But uh, I honestly, I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, I am very happy to bet against Kyle Shanahan at almost any number uh, in this situation. Uh, at home, he is 10, 22, and 1 against the spread for his career. Th- this guy has no home field advantage. If anything, he has a negative home field advantage based on the way in which he calls games when he is at home. Uh, and you look at the Rams, they have an edge in all of the categories uh, or most of the categories. And I think the biggest edge, obviously, is when they are on offense and they are passing the ball. They are second in EPA per play, expected points added per play, and they're going against a 49ers defense that is 26th in dropback EPA per play. And the Rams first in dropback EPA per play, second in dropback success rate. I mean, just a fantastic matchup. Whenever the Rams want to throw the ball, they're throwing against a defense that has not been good at stopping opposing offenses from throwing the ball. The running game, I don't know if it matters that much. The 49ers do have the, the defensive edge there. They're nine in rush defense DBOA, Rams 24th in rush EPA, and you're going to see a similar advantage for the Rams, sorry, for the 49ers when they are on offense running the ball. They're 19th in rush EPA going against a Rams defense that is 20th in rush EPA. I get that the 49ers offense tends to be more predicated on the running game, but you have to stop the pass. The Rams are good at passing the ball and they're good enough at stopping the pass. They are eighth in drop back EPA. The 49ers offense is 15th in drop back EPA. I just think the, the Rams team is too good for the 49ers. The 49ers have been bad, underwhelming most of the year. This is a bounce back spot for the Rams. I don't know. I, I know the market has moved strongly to three and a half. It, this feels like a touchdown game to me. I, I, I'm in the same boat. Like this, the, uh, this feels like, granted, a lot of these, this feels like it should be this games have gone the complete opposite way so far, the la- especially the last couple of weeks. But I, I've been against the 49ers all the way from the beginning of the season. Actually, when I was still when I was still out looking for work, I was posting some videos about like just trying to get out there and post analysis for football games and stuff. And I did one whole one that was just this 49ers team is bad and all of these people taking them to win the division are insane because the, the, Jimmy G is still your quarterback. Your receivers, I mean, at the time I was like Brandon Ayuk is pretty good, but Debo Samuel and the rest of them like what gets you excited now? That's the other way around where it's Debo Samuel and company. Kittle's fallen off a little bit, and the defense is not what it was a couple of years ago when they made the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm fully there. Uh, not interested in this 49ers team at all. and very interested in betting against them whenever I have the opportunity. I am right there with you on that. The totals at 50 and a half, this, this feels like an under game to me. I, I think that I, I think that the only way it gets to 50 and a half is if the Rams put up 40 points. And I don't think that this game is going to go quite that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't have an opinion on it. Um, this number feels about right to me. Um, I could see how the Rams actually have a significant uh, offensive output, but um, 
yeah, I mean, maybe they don't. It is a divisional game. They are on the road. So I can see how it goes against them too uh, in terms of the over. So I just, I don't have an opinion. Like if this were, if this were, you know, like 45 and a half, I'd obviously be pounding the over. If it's 55 and a half, I'd be pounding the under like 50 and a half. It's just like, it's in the wheelhouse of just wanting to stay away from it. Yeah. But both of these teams are slightly over teams this year, but this no, I, I just can't envision a scenario where this game gets to that point. I don't think that we see like a 35, 28 shootout. It, it just, it just feels like it's going to come right down in that area of maybe 30 to like 35 to 17, something like that. I, Mm-hmm. It, it just has one of those feelings for the game. If I was going to lean anywhere, I'd lean under. Yep. All right. As Billy Idol would say, it's a nice day for some prop betting, Matt. Let's talk about some player props here in this market for this game. You know what? You know what? We're throwing up the banner. Monday edition of Prop of Palooza. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get into it. Looking at some of the top props. Matt Stafford touchdowns under two and a half minus two Oh eight at bed MGM. Jeff Ratcliffe likes this one. Yeah, I, I have to disagree with Jeff a little bit. And uh, normally that's not something I, I want to do. Um, he has this going under, I think projected for around anywhere from like two to uh, 2.2 touchdowns in that neighborhood. Um, I don't know. I, I feel that this is a little bit steep. Uh, I'm looking across the market now and uh, you can find this at, uh, let's see. Yeah. Minus 186 at FanDuel, minus 200 bet MGM, minus 200 at DraftKings. And uh, also like, I'll just like say as a blanket statement, check out the prop shop where you can see, uh, see props for players, all of their props listed out at each sports book. So you can see where the best line is. This feels steep um, for a total that's just a little bit over 50 points for a game. Three touchdowns is very attainable for Stafford. He has at least three touchdowns in five of nine games this year. Minus 200 or thereabouts, we'll just say minus 200. It indicates a 66.7% implied probability. And we just don't see that historically in what Stafford has done this year and going against a pass defense that isn't all that good with the 49ers. Uh, I mean, I think there's a decent chance that he hits three. Like to me, this feels like 50 50. Um, and so if I were going just based on my numbers, I would be betting the other side of this over two and a half plus 150 at DraftKings. That said, you know, it's known that I am a, a humble guy. So I'm not going to be betting over two and a half because I do know that Jeff Ratcliffe is very good at creating projections. One of the best creators of projections in the industry for a number of years. And if you look at what he's doing right now in the accuracy contest at Fantasy Pros, he's number two overall among all rankers in the industry. And so I don't want to bet against Jeff on this. So Jeff is saying one thing. I think the historical numbers are pointing in another direction. I'm just staying away. But if I hadn't looked at what Jeff had projected, I would actually be betting the over on this at plus money at at plus 150. That is the way that my heart is leaning. But again, I'm a humble guy. So I'm going to stay away from this. 
I, I, I'm completely with you there. I, I saw that and I was like, really, the under two and a half? This this feels like one of those games. But hey, if the, if that's what Jeff's saying, and you're staying away, then I am going to do the same. Now, a prop that made a lot more sense maybe earlier in the week, Van Jefferson under four and a half receptions. You said the number's now at three and a half. Uh, it's minus 160 at DraftKings, but that's probably shifted a little bit. Robert Woods is out. Odell Beckham is in. But I, apparently Van Jefferson might not see the same action, even with the whole Woods situation. You know, let me let me look. Let me look. This is fantastic, uh, fantastic show right now with me taking the time to go to DraftKings so I can actually verify what we have, uh, what we have listed. So the number, yeah, the number actually is four and a half for for Van Jefferson. Earlier in the week, it was three and a half, and then in the wake of the Robert Woods news, it is four and a half. Um. Mm, I'm going to be tempted. The under, the best place where you can get the under is BetMGM minus 161. I am tempted very much to take the under here uh, at four and a half. So um, Robert Woods is out. We all know this. Odell Beckham Jr. is in. Jay Glazer has reported that rookie wide receiver Ben Skoranek would actually play in the Robert Woods role. Um instead of Van Jefferson. So it seems as if OBJ coming in is more of a replacement for Jefferson. And even with Woods out, it doesn't seem as if the team is planning to use Jefferson in the Woods role. They're using someone else, which means Jefferson, in theory, is going to the bench or at least isn't going to see as much action in three wide sets. I'll just say that doesn't make much sense to me. Like in my uh, history of doing rankings, creating projections, the guys who are already on the field and getting regular usage, those guys tend to stay on the field. And so in theory, we would have seen Jefferson go to the sideline, but with Woods out, I do think it's likelier than not that Jefferson plays more than Skoranek, but whatever. Either way, Woods is out, OBJ is in. The thing is, I think that we see OBJ get a significant chunk of the work, the targets that would have gone to Woods, even if Jefferson is still on the field. So I don't know if Jefferson is actually getting a massive bump in his workload. And as it is, he's gone over four receptions in just one of nine games this year. So there are multiple ways in which this game could go away from Jefferson getting the four and a half receptions. You know, one is that Skoranek sees more playing time. One is that there's really not much of a change in target distribution for Jefferson because Odo Beckham Jr. gets a lot of the targets that otherwise would have gone to Woods. And maybe this turns into a blowout for the Rams, which like I think that's possible. And then they run the ball much more and throw less than we anticipate. Any of those outcomes or some combination of them could all result in the underhitting four and a half is a really high number historically for what we've seen out of Van Jefferson. So this number, it does intrigue me. Bet MGM minus 161 under four and a half receptions for Van Jefferson. When we get off the show, I will think about betting that one. 
Uh, okay. I, maybe that'll be the one that I go with too. I'll, I'll try and pick at least one of these out that I really want to follow. Um, I know I'm going to be taking a trip down to the sports book because the bag has been getting a little thin on the app. So I got to reload some, uh, reload some accounts. Let's move over to the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell under two and a half receptions. It's minus 188 at FanDuel. Uh, Jeff's prop shop calculation had it at 99% edge. What on earth? Is this is this that feels like a lock as much as that's the kiss of death? Yeah, um, that that feels slightly aggressive to say 99% edge, but you know, it's it's graduated in the way so it's not just like that this is a a pure 99% edge, but I think it's sort of like within the standard deviation of the various edges that are out there historically, that this is in the 99th percentile in terms of edges that you would see. Um, but yes, I, I think there's value in taking the under here under two and a half receptions for Elijah Mitchell. I actually already have that in the bet tracker. Uh, I bet it at minus 160. The best number out there right now, based on the prop shop, is minus 170 at DraftKings. Uh, I do see value on this. Mitchell last week he had five receptions on five targets, but that was his only game this year with more than just two targets this season so like i mean there's a pretty good chance that um just based historically on what we've seen out of mitchell based on the way that the 49ers could approach this game and the way that they split the work within that backfield where hasty has been more of the receiving back and also kyle use has also gotten some work as a receiver out of the backfield i don't know if mitchell is really is really the guy to be getting a lot of targets so I will take the under Elijah Mitchell two and a half receptions. Okay. I'm going to throw some other quick props out at you here. Let's just get your feel for some of these Rams, Matthew Stafford passing yards over or under 281 and a half. Any lean on that? No, there's usually not much benefit to betting quarterback yardage props. Like if there's going to be value on it, it's going to be uh, in part because it is so off. And if that's the case, that normally means that other props are off too. So the attempts, the completions, like those props will be off. And normally they will be off by more. And it just makes more sense to bet those. Also, like with quarterbacks, there's sometimes value in the rushing yardage prop. But for the passing yardage prop, I, I tend not to bet those too much because I just I normally don't see the value there. Next up, Daryl Henderson. His rush yards prop is at a nice 69 and a half right now. If I had to bet this, I'd probably go over. Um, but I've seen this sort of split between different projection sets. Some are on the over, some are on the under. The 49ers have a pretty good run defense. And that would probably make me stay away. Like this number, it's within the realm of where it should be. So I'm not going to bet it. Cooper Cup receiving yards, 96 and a half. Any interest there? Yeah, let me look in the prop shop really quick just to make sure that we are seeing the best line out there. Yeah, so this is 96 and a half, 97 and a half across the industry. I'm, I'm interested in the over here. And uh, the best place to bet it based on the lines is FanDuel over 96 and a half minus 110. I think this uh I think this line is kind of near the floor for Cooper Cup. 
Uh, his average is 113.2 yards per game. His median is 108. So it's not as if there's a huge Tyreek Hill-esque kind of discrepancy based on like what this guy does 50% of the time and what he does on average. I think if you take away his top game, take away his bottom game, and that's a way of sort of like sort of, I wouldn't say like cleaning the data set, but sort of like taking off the most extreme outliers in both directions. If you do that, we have a yardage range of 92 yards on the low end and 156 yards on the high end. And this line is set at 96 and a half. And I mean, Cup is facing a 49ers defense that is not all that good in pass defense. Robert Woods is out and Odo Beckham Jr. doesn't know the offense. So he could have a ton of targets coming his direction. And he has 10 plus targets in every game, but one, nine targets in every game. So let's assume that nine targets is the floor for Cooper Cup. But like he could conceivably have like 12 targets in this game. If that happens, I think there's a pretty good chance he crushes the over here. So I am going to be looking at betting this when we get off of the show. I'm liking that one too, but my favorite, Jimmy Garoppolo over over half an interception at minus 125. I, I feel like Jimmy G is normally good for one absolutely backbreaking turnover a game. Yeah, I the numbers I this one is a little bit hard for me to to get on board with. Like I see it. He has five interceptions in seven games. He's had an interception in four of the seven games. The Rams have 12 interceptions in nine games. Uh, and if you just sort of look you know, on a game-by-game basis, they've had an interception against the starting quarterback in seven of nine games that they've played. So the averages are good. If, if you look at our... Um, our odds converter. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Yeah. If you look at our odds converter at FTN bets, you can type in minus 125 and you see that that comes out to a 55.6% implied probability. And the historical numbers would suggest that, you know, there's maybe closer to like a 60 to 65% chance of Garoppolo throwing an interception in this game. Um, but I don't know, like I could see the 49ers being so run heavy and this is sort of like a projection of how this game plays out, but I could see given the matchup, the 49ers being so run heavy and so conservative with how they use Jimmy Garoppolo that he actually doesn't have much of an opportunity to attempt a turnover worthy throw. So I don't know. I I see the value in the over, but to me, this just feels like one I don't need to bet. I get where you're coming from on that. I think that for me, I feel like the Rams are going to be ahead in this game and it's going to force the 49ers to have to pass the ball more towards the end. And I think that that's, especially if they're chasing the game, that's where you have some prime possibilities there. Obviously, Game could play out differently, but that's the way I see it potentially going. I, I see that. Here's here's one 
I wouldn't say caveat, but one thing to think about. If the 49ers get down by like 14 or 29, or sorry, 21, like what do you think the chance is of Trey Lance coming in? Like it's probably it's probably not all that good, but it could happen. If Trey Lance is coming in, Jimmy G's thrown a pick already. Like maybe, probably, but I don't know. I, like, I I I think it's more likely than not that he has a pick if Trey Lance is coming in. Yeah. But yes, he could just be woefully inefficient. But I think if that's the case, he's still been throwing some pretty terrible balls. Yeah. I mean, I think that's possible. I think it's also that the scenario could be they are so so desirous to ensure that Garoppolo doesn't throw an interception that he's just throwing all of these short passes that are completed, but they're not going anywhere. And then they just think, okay, like we're getting our butts kicked. We have to change something. But I I see the, like, I can see the argument and like the numbers all point towards the over. It's just, I'm not going to bet it. Well, we're making an awful lot of hay out of one interception here, but Elijah Mitchell, his rush attempts number is at 14 and a half right now. He's he's been getting a lot of carries. This feels low. Yeah, he's dominating the backfield. He has a massive edge in carries over all of the other running backs when he's active. Uh, I think this should be 16 to 17 carries uh, in terms of like the projections that are out there. And if I had to set a line on this, it would be at least 15 and a half. Um, I will probably be betting this when we get off of the show. I got a whole list of things I'd like to bet. I'm gonna have to gonna ha- gonna have to parse through them and see what what we're gonna be hitting. But one last uh, one last receiving prop here: George Kittle, 59 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I kind of threw this one in there because Kittle usage has been not terribly great this season. It it actually hasn't been bad the past four games. You know, he's pretty consistently been around that eight to nine target mark in the past four games early on his usage wasn't good and then he was on the injured reserve so we didn't really get to see him much but um you know i think this number is about right uh i've seen it in different directions in different projection sets if i had to lean a direction i would probably go under um in part because i could see the 49ers running the ball which is why i think elijah mitchell's rushing prop should be uh, a carry or two higher but if I'm optimistic on Elijah Mitchell getting a lot of run, that probably means I should probably be you know, slightly pessimistic on the receivers in this game and what they might do. And so that would lean towards the under here. The way I'm going to invest in this general thesis for how the game plays out is in the rushing production for Elijah Mitchell instead of fading George Kittle. Because I also kind of don't want to take that. Because Kittle could have... He could have four targets and still hit the over here. So I just, I'm probably staying away from this. Let's talk about some touchdowns because we have, of course, first touchdown score, last touchdown score, and anytime touchdown score. Is there anyone that's catching your eye in this? Yeah, Cooper Cup. Um, and it's it's probably chalky. Why are you looking at me like that? Jeez, that's, the, the chalky, that's the chalkiest possible thing here. Of course, it's the chalkiest possible thing. The thing is the anytime odds are minus 120. And like, that's that's nothing, 
right? That's a 55, a 54.6% implied probability. Cup has 10 touchdowns in nine games. He's scored in six of nine games. He's getting targeted in the red zone, in the end zone. We have seen him historically within this offense. Now, granted, in previous seasons, it was with Jared Goff, who was his BFF, but like we've seen him be targeted near the end zone. This is just sort of like where he lives. So I kind of don't think that it would be all that, all that much of a reach for him to score a touchdown here. Like if you had to pick one person on the Rams who's going to score a touchdown this game, it would be Cooper Cup. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to bet this because I normally don't see a ton of value in touchdown props, even though uh, Jill Gallant, who does great work at FTN Bets, specifically focused on touchdowns. The guy's like a touchdown savant. He does great work in it. It's not my thing. You know, like I just tend not to see a lot of value in betting touchdown props. Uh, and especially Jill, like he's betting them at plus money. That's probably the way to do it instead of betting it at minus 120. But if I'm honestly saying if I had to bet any of the touchdown props that I see, Cooper Cup feels like the most obvious one because I think this line should be closer to 150 to 180 instead of minus 120. I, I definitely do agree with you on that. Like the cup is most likely going to score in this game and minus 120 isn't a ton of juice to be paying on that. That's not egregious. Yeah, that's not that's not bad at all. It's just, of course, like he is the favorite to score. He's right up there. Daryl Henderson is also at minus 120 at DraftKings. What about OBJ? Any can can I interest you? He's 10 to 1 for first or last. He's plus 140 to get one in the game. Can, can I interest you in some Odell Beckham? No, no. I'm staying away from Beckham until we see how he's used within this offense. And if I were to do anything, I would kind of be inclined to bet the under um, because they have, you know, reports again from Jay Glazer, they have indicated, uh, they being the Rams, that there will be a sort of like, quote unquote, like package for Beckham, like a section of the playbook. But that kind of means like maybe he's not out on the field all that much. Like it's it's hard to know exactly how he's going to be used. So I'm just not, I'm just not going to speculate on it. Uh, the, the, there was a rumor swirling around that he might even return punts in this game. That would be incredibly stupid. It would be vastly stupid, but I'm kind of here for it. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, Cooper, why do that when you could have Cooper Cup return funds? Oh, God, please. No, my fantasy team begs you. No. Um, I, I, I'm i feeling a, kind of a lottery ticket here. 14 to 1, Tyler Higby first touchdown score. You could break down the red zone targets for this team. And obviously, Cooper Cup leads the way with 21 targets, 30.9% of red zone target percentage. Robert Woods was the second man up with 16 at 23.5%. Higby was right behind him with 13. Obviously, Cup is going to get a couple more. Odell Beckham is going to slot into some of Robert Woods' production. But I feel like for this game, Tyler Higby is getting enough targets down in the red zone that maybe I make a play on him to be the first first touchdown scorer. This isn't this isn't coming from a massive analytical place. This is coming from a I could see the Rams going down the field and the tight end is open in the end zone on the first drive. I can I can see it, Tomothy. I can see it. One thing that helps is that um Jaquiski Tart, who's the strong safety for the 49ers and who historically has been really good against the position he is out on injured reserve 
And the 49ers tight end defense, as a result, hasn't been as strong in the past two weeks. So uh, I could see it. I, I mean, I'm not going to bet it, but I could see it. I'm going to tell you right now it's going to hit because I am not going to bet it. <laughs> and therefore, it is absolutely. I did the same thing a couple of weeks ago. I was looking at first touchdown score and I go, oh, DK Metcalf 10 to 1. And sure enough, he scored like the only touchdown of that game. Yeah, that's that's how it works. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for us here on the Degenerate Sports Betting Show today. Matt, where can people find all of the great content you're putting out each and every day? You can find all of the work at FTN. On Friday, I published the Fantasy Football Breakdown. On Thursday, the Best Bets article. On Tuesday, the Fantasy Football Rankings, which I update on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. All throughout the week in the FTN Bets Tracker, I'm loading in my NFL sides, totals, and player props, and sometimes some NBA player props. And on Twitter, on YouTube, on your favorite podcast app, and on FTN, you can see daily episodes of the Friedman Fantasy Football Show and the Degenerate Sports Betting Show. And always use the highly original promo code FREEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. All right, that is the show. You can find me and Tommy V on Twitter at Matt F. Oracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us and see you next episode. Georgia drivers take pride in their cars because your car is important to you. It gets you back and forth every day, helping you connect with family and friends, getting you to work, to the store, and the football game. Protect the vehicle that protects you with dependable coverage from an insurance company that's known for keeping its promises. Georgia Farm Bureau Insurance, right here in your community. Learn more at gfbinsurance.com. Now that football season's here, it's time to put some serious thought into what you'll be ordering from Uber Eats. Whatever's on your game day menu this NFL season, Uber Eats has you covered. They'll deliver whatever you order quickly and just how you want it, so you can stay in the game. Tonight, I'll be eating Uber Eats, the official on-demand food delivery partner of the NFL. Uber Eats is bringing you game day deals all season. Order now. episode please leave us a review on itunes Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.